Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Do you ever get a little down in life? Do you dream of that buff body but can't be bothered to actually do the work? Of course you do. We all hate ourselves a little bit. 30 minutes from now, you'll feel so comparatively intelligent, cultured, and generally superior that you'll wonder why you ever worried at all. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Flats and Shanks. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of our weekly podcast. So you've nicked the intro again and you've got you've it up. <laughs> I haven't, it's Welcome fine. to the next episode. It's not the next episode, it's this episode. That's why I do the intros. Yeah, but you're on your phone, so I thought I'd start. I'm busy, mate. Should start again? Hello, guy, and yeah. welcome to the next episode of our no, weekly podcast. No, it's not pop. next. It's not next. How what can it be? It's this episode. Yeah, but that's the your, latest. Your buzz. This is my buzz. All right, go on then. I've, well, you know, hello, everyone. Uh, <laughs> I can't do it now. What's your name? Uh, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm Shanks. I'm Flats. Hi, Tom. Even sounds better already. Hi, Flats. All right. Yeah, very good, very good. Thank you for your, your lunch. Flats just taking me out to lunch. Yeah. Um, we went out to... Um, Turtle Bay. Uh, nice little... Un- unsponsored plug. Unsponsored plug, yeah. Turtle Bay in St Mary Street in Cardiff. Mm. We had some jerk chicken. And a we had some what? Jerk chicken. <laughs> and a... Pathetic. And a toasted sandwich chaser, because that wasn't quite enough. Yeah, and I, I feel... I mean, I can eat, but I feel like I've overeaten by about half a, half a man portion there. Yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I, I don't know where I put mine. I honestly don't. Big legs, aren't you? Uh, yeah, hollow, very hollow. But do you mind if I'm sipping coffee for the first few minutes? No, welcome, welcome to the podcast. We are from the BT Sport Carla Farms Park again. Bit mm. of a home from home. We spend a lot of time here, don't we? We do, but we've just had the f- videos. Um, Can't mention any sponsors, mate. Vid- we just had to do some little plugs for Twitter and social media on the Six Nations. So we've been filming here. You know, film stars, whatever. Get over it. And we thought we'd go for a little bit of lunch and then come back here with a coffee in hand to do our podcast. Well, it's quite nice, it isn't it? Because we're Shanks and I are doing like two different kind of. Um, we're doing some BBC Wales filming at the moment for Six Nations, which is really good crack. And we're doing some. Um, we're doing some other like other filming that we've been doing for a while, and it all takes place in Cardiff. Or pretty much all takes place in Cardiff, coincidentally. So it's pretty happy days for Shanks, and I've got a few early starts from Bath, but. Um, mm. That's all right because I like audiobooks. Yeah, you do. You oh, do you know what? This is a, this is a tangent. I've. Um, I love these. I've been speaking to a lovely man called Omar, and he's asked me to. Uh, <laughs> what? Oh, someone's making faces. Oh, yeah, are they? Yeah. yeah, there's no one here, mate. Yeah. So okay. Um, and they've he asked me to uh, be one of the judges on. Um, it's not Omar God, is it? <laughs> no, it's Omar Days. <laughs> 
Anyway, I'm a judge. I'm a judge on um, International Sports Book of the Year. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I've got, to wow. read, I've got to read five books and write my synopses and all that sort of stuff. You, you read a book a week, though, don't you? So it's easy. No. Do, do you know what the five finalists are? No, don't know until next week. OK. I hope... Well, I'm presuming they were in English. We've probably um, had this chat before, but what was your best um, sports autobiography? Uh, and you can't say your own. Oh, you. Um, don't have one. I uh, I don't know that I have a favourite okay. sports book. I, I don't read... Lots of people I... Lots of people read autobiographies, biographies. I personally don't read very many of them. Um, I've got a favourite book of all time, but I don't have a... No, that was my question. I know, but I don't have a favourite sports book. Okay. I, I cannot think of even one as I sit here. Alistair Hignall's I loved. OK. That was really nice. Have you got a favourite sporty one? Mine's a toss-up between Roy Keane's... By the way, when he said toss-up, he did the sign <laughs> with his hand. <laughs> Grow up, David, I didn't. 37, uh, joke. Yeah, of course I did. Um, Roy Keane uh, and Andre Agassi open. Apparently that's really yeah, good. it is good. Yeah. It is good. Um, mm. But anyway, how's your week been, boy? Well... You've had a busy one, I know that. Yeah, I have, actually, yeah. Our listeners don't. Um, yeah, so, busy on... Uh, yeah, Friday morning I went up to, um, you know, you every now and again you're at a charity auction and you're about, I, you know, you host auctions, so do I, and you, Hold as on. you're about to stand up. Before you crack on with this story, um, there's going to be a fine for the next one person to say, um, all right, okay, carry on. So you know what it's like when you're at one of these auctions and someone approaches you and says, oh, I'll tell you what, we could do with one more lot. Is it, is it all right if we auction off uh, like a day coaching or something like that? You know, and you think, oh, no, it's fine, no, it's fine, it's fine. And I was with um, Lewis Moody at an event. He said, would you mind if we walked off a day coach? You should come up and coach the lads. And I said, yeah, sure, mate. Sure, sure, sure. I love it. Yeah, luckily. I said, of course, absolutely no problem. It's a and, charity. And I was, I was doing the auction. So I was like, right, it's a day's, it's a session coaching from me. And I left Mudos out of it. He's looking at me. I was like, give me a minute. A session, I'll come and coach your kids for a session at their school, their rugby club, whatever. As long as I'm free, I'll come and do it. And... What are you going to do, like, backsmen? Anyway, so I went and I was, I was like, right, let's start, at, let's, start at, let's start at two grand. Silence. I was like, OK, let's start at 1,500. Nothing. I was like, right, let's start this at 50 quid. Someone was like, I'll pay 50. It started there, and it got up, it got up in the end to, like, 1,800 quid, all for charity, you know, really nice charity. And then it was like, right, stalling. I was like, guys, we really need to get something like double this, and it's, it's not happening. So I was like, all right. Here's the final bit. Lewis Moody's going to come as well. World Cup winner. Someone's like, three grand straight away. It just flew up. Like, absolutely flew up. Wow. They didn't want me there. Um, no. Anyway, I'd, it was tough. But um, we went up and coached. Uh, Mudos and I went up on Friday morning to Oxfordshire from Bath, where we live, and to coach the under-11 C team at Molesford Prep School. So Happens to be my mate's son's... The third team as well. Not third even, team. Not even yeah, the they were brilliant. Team. They were brilliant. There. It, was, it was genuinely really good fun but I, uh, I scored a try in touch and I rolled my ankle I've got no ligament in my left ankle ATFL thing it, it ruptured years ago and I never had it fixed because it doesn't really hurt it just if you tape it up it's fine gotcha but when I rolled my ankle it, there's nothing to stop it the cankle yeah cankle so I rolled it and I was like oh, oh no oh no I had to stop I had to pretend I was alright because these don't want to look like a wuss mm. anyway it's now purple oh. large and purple um, anyway, so that's that's a long long way about it. It's a charity guy because we're great guys. But then I had a had an event I hosted in Bristol on Friday night, bit of a late finish, and then up to Twickenham on Saturday. Yeah, and Saracens on Sunday. So. I heard you doing a bit of commentary, mate. I yeah. liked it. What do you reckon? I liked it a lot. Well, let's deconstruct it. Let's be honest about okay. it. Okay, I like words such as girth. Yeah. Rickshaw. Yep. Um, I know it sounds like oh, I was on a word challenge. It, I? Um, I dares for people, but um, yeah. Is a fine for you. What other words did you use? I use loads of words. It's funny. I mean, it's like quite clever an words. It's quite an interesting um, experience. You know, when when you're not kind of, you know, sort of king of the jungle like Lol, who's you know, when you are the lollipop, the lollipop. You know, Nick Mullins is the the absolute gaffer, the best. Mate, well, he, does I, a, he does the tennis as well, mate. He's, he's amazing. Really, he's I, really good. My my favourites are. Him and Ali Eakins, so I work with them a lot. I think they're both amazing. And Andrew Cotter. Do you know what? Yeah, I agree, mate. Do you know why I like Nick Mullins so much? Because no, I, I did. Uh, he's obviously done a lot of reporting. He writes a lot of articles as well, as well as commentating. But I remember him in 2008, and it was my 50th cap against Oops. Italy. 
Well and he was doing a piece on me before that. Lost, and, didn't you? And he said to me, I think, I think Wales are going to do well tonight. I think you're going to score, mate. Mm. And I was like, no, really? I did. So that's where I like him. Oh, I thought it was a punchline yeah. coming. No, just that's where I like him. He's amazing. Yeah, doing it with him is just amazing. Cause Wait, he, the punchline was that he predicted right. He predicted right. But there are what people wouldn't see and what I didn't know until... I, really, I mean, I'm learning the whole time doing that sort of stuff. Never stop learning, boy. Yeah, so we're, we're doing it and something's happening or there's a, there's an injury or a break and I'm about to say something or Big Lowell's about to say something and Nick just holds his hand out, hand out to us and is like, stop. And meanwhile, you know, swing low started or the anthem started or something and there's loads of noise from the... Mm. And he's like, let that be our voice for a minute, just be quiet. So I reckon I spoke... Um, I reckon I spoke about half as much, 50% of how of the amount I naturally would have spoken if I didn't know, if I wasn't really concentrating on what I was doing kind of thing. We said on the last week's podcast about a lot of haters out there. Mm. Did you receive any abusive, apart from mine? Apart from yours. Um, and your mum and dad. I got one from Martin Wood. Excuse my French now. I got one from Martin Wood. That's not French. The old, um, no, Martin Wood, the old England bought bar scrum half. Said, watch game, dog shit, son, kiss. Watch, watch commentary, dog shit, son, kiss. But he always says stuff like that. Yeah, he's, he's a that's he's, affectionate for him. Yeah. So I, I said I wasn't going to check my Twitter because the reason I didn't, I did go onto Twitter weirdly, but I didn't check any of my comments um, because for for two right, reasons. Just, One is just checking DMs with you. I, I yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. Just sliding in. I, don't, I genuinely don't. Um, I'm not bothered if a percentage of people don't like what I say. I'm not actually, I'm not bluffing that. I don't enjoy it, but it doesn't affect, it doesn't sadden me or anything. Um, but I don't feel like I need, there will be nice people on there. I don't feel like I need the compliments and I don't feel like I need the insults. So I kind of left it. I went on and had a couple of tweets about something else on Saturday night, I think, and Sunday. Mm. But I actually haven't scrolled back and had a look. And you know what I, I like as well is that, any nice comment that's written about you, uh, you don't retweet. No, I don't. No. So we don't have like a fifty retweets of someone saying, "How could you were?" But you I'm were not, good. I, ju- I enjoyed it, mate. I'm not judging other people, but I don't retweet praise. I myself. I enjoyed it. Many I really did. Any. Thought you were a, you three were a good combo, and that's it. Really, just get me a gig. Thanks very much. Lowell was Lowell was funny. Yeah, he's good. Like he's just like it's hilarious. He's like. Um, I don't quite know who's more alpha, him or Nick Easter. They're not aggressive and they don't try and dominate anybody. They're both lovely men. Mm. But you could you put both them in... big men as well, put them in a, Put them in a zoo full of gorillas and they'll be alpha in about 15 minutes. Yeah. But they just, they're nice about it. They're mm. not trying to put anyone else down. They're very generous. Natural role. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah. But it's more like, I'll tell you, I'll tell you how it is. And, and then just, on Sunday, brilliant. you're busy again because I pop yeah. down to your area, neck of the woods, he's going to come around and see you. Mm. Um, or just checking that you're out so I can go around and... See the wife? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, rumbled me. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, it, it's an interesting one, the match day, because I did some uh, corporate hospitality as well, which is really, really good fun. I did it with Ian Bolshaw, really old mate of mine, and Dimitri... Excuse me, Dimitri Yashvili. Both uh, Beeritz boys, weren't they? Yes, yeah, so it was really good fun, and Al Murray was on first, the pub landlord. Yes. Very clever man, very, very clever man. So he did 10 or 15 minutes, um, probably not the ideal setting for a stand-up comedian, but actually people loved it, mm. um, and he's very, very bright, so kind of obviously uh, he's an experienced operator. But then Bolsh, Dimitri, Ashvili and I went up, and you have a quick chat before the game, and then you come back after the game. What happens is you have a quick chat before the game in front of, a, I don't know, a couple of hundred people, and it's really good fun. And then as soon as you come off stage, I'm like, right, I've got to go now. I've got to leg it across. Switch on. You literally in, get to the lift. There's a queue for the lift. You leg it up the stairs, get into position, fight your way through the crowds, get into their seats, right, commentate on England-France, which is a massive occasion for everyone. But, you know, in, personally, it's a big occasion for me because you know, I haven't done a huge amount of those. Get there, do that. And as soon as the game finishes, you're shaking hands with Lowell and Nick, legging it back down the stairs, Lowell doing the same back to the corporate place you were in before, another chat, then it's like, right, do this, do this, do this, and it's really good fun, and then, right, get in the car, and I've got a column to write uh, you know, for the Evening Standard, which is really cool, and I love doing it, but it's like, right, I've got a deadline, so I've just got to sit in my car in the car park at Twickenham and do it on my iPad. Yeah. So you get back to, you got back to my hotel at sort of half nine, ten. I would, I would 
you know, it's quite I a long get, day. I would get my violin out, but then I, I don't have a violin that's worth 20 grand. So, <laughs> unfortunately, it's re- you're it's, not getting any sympathy no, for me. No, it's not sympathy. It's all, no, it's all really yeah. good fun. And you don't realise you've had a long day till you get back. Dylan Armitage was in my hotel, actually. He's, he is a genuinely lovely okay. man. I really, okay. I, I would have had a couple of pints with him, but I was working early next day at Sarri's for the Anglo-Welsh, where George McGuigan scored a great try for Leicester, by the way. I heard about this. I haven't seen it yet. He's a really good player. He's a really, but really good player. You do player. know I now work on the Anglo-Welsh. Well, it's, yeah, it's kind of our yeah. show with Goody now, yeah. isn't it? Well, you know, we try and filter Goody out as best we can. You yeah, know, yeah. Do okay. it nicely. So anyway, that's my, that's my weekend. How, how was your week weekend? Oh, well, my week wasn't as busy as yours. Did a little, nice little chat down in London for um, a company called Carrington Investments. So there was a lot of... There was the editor of the Daily Mail. Not the Daily Mail, the Daily Mirror. Yeah. He was there. Do you know him? No. No, nor did I. Um, he must have known you. There though. was HSBC directors, Bank of China directors, an emperor. Standard. He was an MD for Emperor Design. Got that um, So did a bit of a chat with them there. It was good. You enjoyed it? Yeah, we uh, we picked our Lions 15 together. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well done. We did a bit of a, what they called sweepstakes for all the results. Yeah. Then... I did some filming for ITV at the Blues, so we did a bit of an inside the, the training camp. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah so... You had a chat with a, Nicky Robinson. Yeah, I had a chat with Nicky Robinson, and I worked out that... So the reason the chat, we were having the chat in the um, Blues training camp was because the Blues predominantly put out an academy team for this Anglo-Welsh, yeah. and you can see that in the results because they get hammered. Yeah. Um, but it's the only way these kids will learn. Yeah. And Nicky Robinson's at the Blues, and I was just having a chat with him about his age, really, because he made his debut for the Blues when he was 18, yeah. and one of the academy boys playing at the weekend was 18. Yeah. And when Nicky made his debut, that academy player would have been one. So <laughs> he, he, could, he could be their father, a lot of those fathers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and actually, in certain parts of Wales, he'd be quite an old father at 17. So we did... Is we that did, offensive? No. Have I just offended you? Um, no. No. All right. Just no, you, you, nothing you can really say. So parts of England too, actually. So nothing whatever. you can say will offend me, say unless that. it's about my eyelashes, which are really long, like um, a cow. Have you got eyelashes. <laughs> 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 um, but we did a, we did like a behind the scenes little VT on on the facilities there about the academy boys coming through. So that's good fun. But I didn't do anything for the game. But you probably had quite a nice weekend sitting at home. Really nice, mate. Really nice. In your pants with a herbal tea. Yep, yep. Kids went out to the cinema. Oh, did they? All afternoon the watching. Wife took them out. Mm. Oh, well done, mate. So I, I did enjoy it. It's, it's the only weekend I got off through the Six mm. Nations, so it was good. Just uh, it's quite nice sometimes sitting at home on your own watching the game because you can watch it properly. You've got n- no noise, no kids in your ear. No wife nagging. You can just literally watch the game properly. You can see all the replays. You can really get a good feel for it. Mm. You don't get the atmosphere, which obviously you do at the grounds, but it was nice. So I'm happy for you. Mm. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Be happy for you. So, Dave, Six Nations weekend. Mm. Cracker, wouldn't it? Love it. Stonker, corker, wouldn't it? Scorcher. Brilliant. I thought all games were good in their own right. Nothing was really that boring. The games that were quite close and, you know, the England game and the Wales game, they were still good because of the pressure that was on the teams and how tight it was. But if we start off with Scotland Island, we said Scotland would be dark horses from the start. I think a lot of people have said that. But I didn't quite expect them to come out like they did in the first half and, and to win by, by five points. Mm. I thought it'd be closer than that. I thought it'd be closer than five points. I thought if they were going to win, it's going to be one or two points. If that, I thought they'd. I thought it was a big ask for them to win, but I thought they could. Yeah. But yeah, their defence in that first half. It was fabulous, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was great. It was really good. Because I didn't think Ireland played too badly, actually. Um, no, not at all. Not at all. Is I mean, it's it's completely ruined the last weekend of the tournament, isn't it? I mean, it's ruined Ireland, England, Grand Slam decider. That's what everyone was selfish, big enough to be the game of the tournament. But we well, I'm knew... alright with that because I was originally down to commentate on that in Ireland with Brian, mm. and actually I got swapped. I think because they decided, I'm guessing, I think they said we'll put Ben Kay, who's obviously sort of the top dog, we'll put him on the Grand Slam decider, and um, I got swapped to England, France, and I think it, I think that's what happened. So. I mean, I'm all right with that. Yeah, I'm all right with that. Are you yeah. sure? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But twenty-one eight at half time. They were brilliant. Stuart Hogg gets better and better. He was brilliant a year ago. He's Phenomenal. Better now. He's better now. The pace he's got and the acceleration he's got, the mm. skill set he's got is fantastic. I mean, the first try was a bounce pass, mm. and as everyone knows, you can't defend against a bounce pass. Indefendable. They are one of the hardest things to do. But that constant pressure mm. from Scotland all the way through that first half, you know that. Mm. I'm surprised how... It was low error count as well, mate. Sorry, yeah. Chippian, but Scotland, they normally have quite a high error count. They're normally quite good at giving away penalties, mm. quite good at dropping the ball in vital situations and areas of the field, but it was nearly flawless. I loved it, and I, but I, sorry, I, I was surprised how much um, grief they got at set-piece, actually, because mm. Xander Fagerson is a real favourite of mine. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, you know, Ireland had a better, better scrum on the day. Yeah, Jack McGrath's top of the range. I mean, for me, he's just starting Lions loose head, even above Mako. I think he's he's the guy, very, very good. And Rory Best is obviously. I mean, you know, I, I look at the kind of, they call it spider cam, but I look at the aerial cam on those scrums and I just, I can see how good Rory Best is from there because he really, won't bore you the details, but a lot of the, the best hookers, I think, don't actually scrummage against very much against their opposite number. They scrummage against the opposition tight head and make yeah. it a true two-on-one. Um, so whenever I was playing loose head, I would grip the hooker and I'd say, come with me, come with me and try and attack this guy. Here's a, here's a question for you. You obviously, you've played both tight head and loose head. So being a loose head, one shoulder works harder than the other. Yeah. When you get in the gym then, you do sort of shoulder press. Mm. So you've got two dumbbells. Is one shoulder a lot stronger than the other? Uh, it, yeah, my I would be right side dominant, yeah. Yeah, so you'd be able to lift more on your right side. Not yeah. much more, but... Yeah. 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 Okay. And that's... Right side dominant, purely right side dominance from purely purely because of playing loose head, not no, not for both. being single for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, you know. No, what? okay, yeah, fine. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, no, not not because of that. Uh, Sorry, but, I threw you there. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I guess tight head's more of a, a whole body thing. Where, but there's no, there's not a huge amount of balance involved. But loose head, you can kind of be stuck out on the side, and it's quite hard to mm. keep your shape. But someone like Someone like a Joe Marler is about as good as it gets at keeping your shape. He's okay. Um, very, very flexible. Really good athlete. Did you? What do you think of Finn Russell, number ten? Pass him was crisp yeah. to the line, crisp. And you know, we you know we talk about we should get fined every time we say Lions, but um, we talk about the Lions, and you say, well, he's in with a shout, but there's so many good players. Round one, he's the man. He's number one. Yeah. Round one. It's only round one, but... You look at Hogg's second try, really good play by Scotland. Comes to Finn Russell, throws an immaculate ball to Hugh Jones. Should be Welsh, name like that. Mm. Who then feeds Hogg, and the pace Hogg just injects. Yeah. Is, you know, he gets... Keith Earls can't get to him on the drift. That's yeah. how fast he is, and Keith yeah. Earls is fast. And 
Hard goes was, over a second. I was watching that, and I don't mean to turn everything back to England, I don't mean that at all, uh, to do that at all, but I was watching that and thinking of England and thinking, well, <laughs> if I... No, I started crying my eyes out, but I was thinking that, you know, a lot of people want... A lot of people think Mike Brown is the right guy for England to pick, and a lot of people think he's the wrong guy to pick. Yes, Because okay. he can do loads of stuff. And personally, I've said this before, if I were England coach, I would pick Mike Brown because I... I know what it's like to have a ball go over your head and to feel at 100% confident the guy behind you is going to gather it and get back you to you. You also want someone who's incredibly brave at 15, yeah. who's not going to let you down. And I just, I just, I don't see how you don't pick Mike Brown, that's my point. But anyway, he, he can't do that. He's, no. not, he's not slow. But Anthony Watson and Elliot Daly at fullback, they could do that. Alex Good is a wonderful player, but he couldn't do that. Doesn't have that pace that Hogg's got on the outside. And that is proper afterburners, and that was pure wheels. Yeah. Skinning Earls on the outside ain't easy. What did you think of Alex Dunbar's try from the line-out? Um, fascinating, actually. Incredibly it's, intelligent to do that. It is. It's not, it's not the first time Scotland have tried stuff like that. No, but... Set up like that. But, it, you know, they had a pod in the middle and a pod at the back. So Ireland presumably thought it was going to go to one of the two and they were going to drive. Yeah. But it just went to Alex Dunbar, who's tall, who's well-worked, and... Yeah. Run over, really. But it's it's an interesting one because what it does is it tests out your line-out leader just immediately on the spot. So you can find out very quickly if your line-out leader is absolutely on top of the situation. Presumably, though, that was in the locker for, you know, first, li- first line-out that was going to be five metres out. That's what they were going to throw out. Yeah, special move. Yeah. But under 10, isn't it? But what it means is they... Ireland are expecting Scotland to have a kind of pretty standard-looking line-out. So they've got their goal-line defensive systems in a couple of pods, whatever it is, ready. Mm. The very best, the very elite... And most guys can't do this even, inter- even at international level. The, the elite line-out gurus will adjust. As soon as they see Dunbar come in, you know, someone like... I, I was lucky enough to play with Steve Borthwick for yeah, years as a kid and as a pro. Being, I mentioned that before. No, but being, no, but, but how good he was at understanding amazing. it. But it, it wasn't just knowing what to call and when. That's a big part of it because um, you, know, you, you need to know opposition triggers and vulnerabilities and all that sort of stuff. But what Borth would do would be, on the hop, he would completely change defensive systems. So as you're walking into a line-out, he would know everyone's roles, everyone's triggers. So if we're walking to a line-out, he counts six men, he says six, and he'll say to me, flats, look for the three. So I'll look for the tight head prop, because I know if he's standing at the front, I'll go at three. I know if he's standing at three, I'll go at four, but I'll pretend I'll prepare to loop and all that sort of stuff, because we've learnt it during the week. Yeah. But if something unorthodox happens, he'll say something like, along the, if they've got two pods, he'll say something like, split this pod, turn mark man on man so even if you don't get up there's no way this guy's waltzing through so he would see it and he would bark instructions to the right people telling me exactly what to do and that's that's often the difference you know that is often the difference someone like I don't know about the other nations because I haven't played for them but someone like Benny Kay part of his kind of call it I won't call it genius that's too aggressive uh, part of his brilliance the reason he got so many caps was that he would see something like that whether he'd, and if he'd, even if he'd never seen it before and he only saw it last second, he would issue two quick instructions that would cover it. I'd I'd be amazed if a line out with a K or a Borthwick in it conceded a try like that. And Benny K wore orange gloves. Yeah, which was uh, a great shame. Um, Ireland came back into it though. Keith Earls scored yeah. towards the end of the the first half. And to be fair, they they came out second half and it was a total different Irish team. Yeah, um, they looked great actually. They did. Henderson and Jackson. I love Henderson. Both scored, yeah. I'm, I'm glad to see Jackson score as well because it's the, kind of, the oh, angle no, he took. Johnny's not playing. Yeah, yeah, but you know the angle he took was like a centre's angle. It's like a Jamie Roberts-esque, mm. Alex Dunbar-esque angle, Ben Tio, whatever. And he, he managed to finish it off. You know, he had the power to get through. Yeah, strong little fella. He did. He did. Henderson's um, great. We've covered him before, haven't we? Yeah, loads. He's mega. He's on the Lions trip, surely. Yeah. So, good win for Scotland. Yeah, brilliant. Don't think they're going to win a Grand Slam, but. They're certainly going the right direction. Yeah, I mean, it'd be, it would be, you know, it'd be bloody brilliant for the Six Nations if they did win the Six Nations or win a Grand Slam. But let's face it, they're not going to beat England at Twickenham, are they, mate? Who knows? Come on, mate. I don't know. Keep it sick, keep it sick. You're a dreamer, mate. Um, second game then on Saturday, England-France. Big one. The big one. Uh, yeah, I think it was fascinating because 
England. Do you remember? Was it uh, 2013 or 2013, I think, England came to Cardiff and they didn't have... They just didn't have the monster ball carriers they were used to having. Who were they missing? Uh, East. Anyway, I'm losing. I'm losing the plot a bit. But they didn't. They didn't have the Verona Polo Brothers. They didn't have Haskell. Um, and I thought it really showed. Actually, um, England. It's all very well playing against you know picking a big pack like Guinovers did for France. But that their pack really performed. They carried hard. They scrummed hard. Carried really hard. Defended hard for France. Yeah, yeah. And I just thought that. You know, I, I actually thought England looked a bit lacking in power, which is not something I'm used to seeing, actually. France did look good. Mm. From the first kickoff, though, you, they started to run it out and they started to run at their own asses. And I thought, oh, no, what are they doing? But they eventually managed to clear their lines. This is yeah. off the first kickoff. Yeah, but they kept doing that. But then, their exit drills are rubbish. Nak- uh, Nakatati and Vakatawa yeah. carrying the ball forward yeah. caused England loads of trouble. Yeah. Um, That's why it's quite clever. Um, I thought, and it, I could be wrong, but I, I, can't, I said this during commentary that every kickoff England had, they kicked it straight to Vakatawa. Mm. And for, first time I saw it, I was about to say in commentary, what are they kicking it to him for? And the second time, why are they kicking it to him? He's the best player, the best ball carrier. And, but I got interrupted, someone else happened, and Lowell spoke or Nick spoke, which often happens. So I left it, and I'm glad I didn't say anything, because in the end it, it, I realised this is a ploy. Because it means he's got to concentrate on catching the ball, so he's not coming onto the ball, pinning where he is, and getting before he gets do going. Do you know why you kick on a lot of wingers like that? It's because they're effective ball in hand, running mm. into space. They're not the greatest kickers. So when you kick to a winger along like that, what you don't want sometimes is a winger to have a lot of time and be able to ping you right far back. You want them to take the contact because then you can't box kick because you've they got no winger to it. chase it. Mm. So and often you know you want to test someone's hands and someone's nerve. Mm. So possibly like someone like <coughs> if Cuthbert was playing, you know, you'd probably find a lot of people wanting to kick on him because yeah. he does often drop the odd one ball. Interestingly, though, um, France were kicking on to um, Johnny May. Mm. They were kicking on to Johnny May, just like England were kicking on to Vakatawa. But you want to talk about, you want to have a look at the lack of organisation in the French side. It did look pretty organised, but they don't look organised enough yet compared with no, the, top, the top size. They're very individual. What yeah. they possess is some great individual players yeah. that can get themselves out of trouble. But yeah, come second, third, fourth phase, they are yeah. a little bit everywhere. And they, then they rely on someone like Pickamoles, yeah. someone like Vakatawa, just to, again, get them over the game line, get them on the front foot. They're good off. They're not bad off the cuff when it's like that, but when it's three or four phases into a structured defence, they struggle a little bit but if to you, break it. If you want to compare the two sort of two levels of organisation between France and England look at those kickoffs because Vakatawa happened he was kicked on took the ball never dropped it but he was wiped out and France's exits as we said were pretty rubbish mm. England every time May got kicked on he took the ball um, France gave him probably a couple of metres too much and he made a couple of metres um, two or three times but as soon as he catches that ball you see Jonathan Joseph rapping from the open side to the blind side to take his spot and someone else, I've forgotten who, anyway, doesn't matter. And Jonathan Joseph is straight in, you know you said because the winger can't chase the box yeah. kick. Joseph is straight in, and the box kick goes up from Young's or Care, and it's Jonathan Joseph's job if May's taken up. So he knows immediately it's my job to fill round and chase the box kick. Which is fine, but you just then have to make sure that you've got adequate people to defend in the middle of the part then, because you're mm. losing the centre, and mm. often, you know, the centre's work in pairing, really. So when you're both chasing a kick, you have to make sure that if you're losing a centre, you've got someone half-decent inside you. So I mean like a, a back row, yeah. you know, someone that's quite agile. Because if if someone a 15 or a winger sees a prop, you know they will attack mm. that prop because um, because they're not as agile. But if, you're, but if you put Joseph around there to contest that box yeah. kick, you're far more likely to win the ball back. Of course you're right, of course you're right. So mate. really good organisation. So as soon as that ball was taken, they knew their drills, they're snapping in. But was a big, what was a big call as well was leaving Jack... Nowell out. And Jack Knoll. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was a big call because he's been playing fantastically well for Exeter. They, they went with Daly. So it was talking of these Daly three centres. Daly was outstanding. I agree. I, I think that Noel might come in for Johnny May this yeah. week. I know I think, I know Eddie Jones likes an out-and-out sort of sprinter on the wing and Johnny May's super quick. He's the quickest of the lot. But I think Elliot Daly's very quick. And, he is quick. Um, he's quick he's, a, he's a different type of quick though, isn't he? Like, yeah. Uh, I would say Johnny May's 
outright pace. Yeah. He's very quick. But yeah. Elliot Daly's stop start, nimble, his outside yeah. break is, I, is also good. But he's fantastic. His kick. Oh. I, I love it. Do you know what I like about it? He just puts the ball on the tee, a few steps back, doesn't think about it too much. Clobber. Nailed it. Yeah, but you see his tactical kick out of hand as well. Just dropped it straight over the top of Nakatati. It's just beautiful, mm. instinctive off the left left foot. Beautiful. He was great. I thought Scott Spedding was really good for France. And yes, he was. As soon as he got picked, I thought they're picking him for. He's a massive lump. He's as massive, well. but I thought he didn't offer anything. But he was really good. Mm. That's the best I've ever seen him play. But Pickamoles by far was a standout player, and you and Lol awarded him man of the match, right or wrong, on the losing team. Well, it's interesting because. Do we we didn't know we were doing man of the match because sometimes at inter, different internationals you don't do it someone else does it so okay um, generally the commentators do it but we just hadn't discussed it so about seventy five minutes in we hear in our ear, earphones as we're headphones as we're talking guys you're choosing man of the match so really when you say guys that means lol yes because um, it's not the commentator it's one of the co-commentators and lol is the senior co-commentator because he's the man and um, whatever so it was lol and lol just looked at me sort of what do you reckon. Because what I love about, you know, a lot of these guys, like we said about Lowell, this alpha male thing, he is very keen to listen to other people. He's happy to disagree, but he will look. At, he won't just say that's who it is. You can all agree with me or stick it up. Right? He 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 looks at me as if to say, "What do you reckon?" Yeah. And I point at Picamole, and he's like, "Yeah, I agree. I know he's on the losing team, but he was the best player on the field by a hundred miles." And you generally pick from the winning team, and I've I've been asking this for a while. Why? And as far as I can tell, the only reason is because the interviews are chirpier after the game and it makes better telly. But um, he, was, he was easily man of the match. I mean, there was no contest for me. I, you couldn't give it to Ben Teo either, could you, really? It wasn't on long enough. But no, my point he was is, good, though, when he came on. Wow. These subs made a massive impact for mm. England. All of them. Haskell was on. good, too. Haskell was very good. Teo was very good. Matt Mullin was good. Danny Kerr, mm. very good. Whether or not it's the French are tied, but it certainly added... You know, a bit of tempo to the game. Do you think? Do you think England are going to go? So, guys, just so you know, it's Monday afternoon where we are now, Cardiff. So we don't know the, the England team or anything yet. Do you think England are going to go Ford Farrell again at ten twelve, yeah. Joseph, or do you think they're going to go Farrell, To, Daly? You know what? Well, England made the mistake of doing this in the World Cup, didn't they? They were too worried about the opposition, um, and that's why they picked. Burgess to, yeah. to take on Roberts. Now I don't think that's going to come into it because Wales don't have what Roberts. Jamie Roberts probably won't start again. Mm. They'll keep with Scott, Scott Williams. Williams. Great, we'll talk about Scott him Williams and John Davis. Yeah. So there's not that huge, massive, massive physical threat in the Welsh midfield. So no, I think they'll go with Ford and Farrell. I mean, it, it wasn't great at the weekend. You know, England attack wasn't brilliant, but you can't expect it to be mm. ninety to one hundred percent every single game. And they, they won the game. The subs were great. They made an impact. And that's what you want from subs, isn't it? You know, you want someone to come off the bench. And often often when two players are very similar in position, often they put the guy who's gonna make more of an impact on the bench. You yeah. know, so when he does come on, that impetus is with him. And it worked with Ben Tier. Mm. When, I, when I was on the bench a few times for England, we used to talk have subs meetings and talk about not just dicking about during the game, but watch the game and absorb the rhythm of the game so when you go on you can step yeah. into the rhythm of the game and I used to think surely you don't want us in the rhythm of the game and they used to say yeah in the rhythm in the rhythm these England subs don't get told that they get told get on there and wreck it you know do, and do smash you know the what, place up one of England's strengths is that they do have two ball car- uh, two ball players in that back line yeah. so you know they can play wide they can play either side of the ruck if you start with Ben Teo you're either going to lose Farrell or Ford Forward more likely, and Farrell moves to ten. Mm. But then you you lose a ball player, you lose your attacking shape. Yeah. So I don't think they will. It's a big call if they do. But you know, who would you pick? You'd pick Ford, Farrell, Joseph. Yes, mm. I would. Same but, here. Anyway. So would I. Yeah. So we're not that. picking a team though, are we? Which we, is a joke if you think about it. <laughs> we've covered that one, and the last game then on the Sunday, Italy Wales. Are we in danger of producing a rugby podcast here? Yeah, we, well, it's very rugby orientated today, isn't it? Yeah. Um, right, Wales game. We'll crack through this quickly because no one gives a shit. <laughs> I, I must say, Tommy, I feel like I feel a little bit disappointed in Italy because I feel like they resisted for a while. They offered no real attacking threat. 
out in the back line, didn't look creative, but they were staunch and stubborn and physical, and then they capitulated, which is exactly what you'd have had 50 quid on six months ago, and six months before that, and six months before that. The weather played a huge part in that, though, mate. You look at the weather, start of the game, it was raining very heavily, and that played into Italy's hands more so than Wales, because Italy liked to play it tight with the big fours. Parise, again, what a player, what a man. I used to think he was overrated a bit. No, I was wrong. I? He's so good, mate. He's so He's good. So but good. <clears throat> Wales started off really well, put a load, load of pressure for the first 20 minutes on Italy, but couldn't quite get over the game line, which is a little bit worrying. They turned down a couple of opportunities for posts. They went to the corner, messed up the, the driving line out, didn't get any. You know, if, if the posts are in kicking distance and you go to the corner, you have to get some sort of points, you have to score a try. Mm. And this was early on. Mm. I was a little bit surprised with that because, you know, they do have Lee Halfpenny, who's a wonderful kicker. Mm. Doesn't miss too many, missed the first one. But Italy soaked up a lot of pressure. And then the second 20 minutes then, you know, it was all, it was all Italy. Mm. Prise was taking balls in the air. Um, you know, they won a, a scrum against the head. Straight into Wales's half, and then they win another scrum. Then mm. five minutes out, Prise does a little reverse pass or mm. sort of hit hit an inside pass off number eight back into six or seven. They get close, and then they set up a mini mall and drive over. And you mm. think, oh no, you know, Wales really need to pull their finger out now. And they went in. Wales went in seven three down at half time. But they literally pulled their collective <coughs> fingers and thumbs out. Well that's the most pleasing thing is the composure they held come well, second. Pleasing half. for you, mate. That's pleasing for everyone. We all love Wales. You love Wales as well. I do love Wales, but I wanted Italy I'll be honest, I wanted Italy to do to do well or even win because I've told you why. Because mm. I want Mike Cat to have his contract extended so I can buy his house in Oh Wales. yeah, yeah. How selfish of me. Thinking about think it that. though, I don't think I can afford it. I think it's too much he's got a really nice house. It's but, Matt's, Matt Stevens' old house. Okay. Party house, mate. Ooh. Yeah. Let's not go there. But second half, though, just to pull it back, Wales mm. come out, did a real good job. You're so serious today, aren't you? Sam Davis came off the bench for Dan Bigger, Bruce yeah. Ribs, looked good, yeah. takes the ball flat, like yeah. Ford does, takes it really flat, looks for runners, looks for people to jump out of the line, looks for holes. Yeah. You know, it's, it's off-the-cuff stuff. Um, and they came back with John Davis, scored first try. Now, what was good about that is you watch Scott Williams. He takes the ball... And there's a lot of space outside, out wide. He takes the ball and he has to come in on an angle to take it. Yeah. And what happens sometimes when you come in on an angle like that is you start stepping the same way, the same way, looking for holes. Yeah. But he steps twice and then manages to get the ball out back the other way. Yeah. And that's, it is a hard skill to do that. Mm. Straight into John the Fox, his hands, scores yeah. a try, goes over. But Wales won 33 points to seven, but it was a real good test. For them, yeah, you know, what it, it wasn't made easy for them, the intensity was there. There's no what are you going to learn from hammering a team 60 70 points to nil? Nothing, yeah, they were under real pressure, to be fair, they were under they? real pressure, and it was a good test because we know this weekend is going to be the big one mm. Wales, England, in the that's Principality the war, Stadium. That's the one, and that's what they're building to at the Millennium Stadium. Principality, no one calls it that though. Are you going? Of course, you're going, of course, I'm going. You like are, they parade, are they parading you pre-match like Martin Johnson at the World Cup at Twickenham or something? Yeah, they put a little leash on me and lead me around like the goat, <laughs> <laughs> which is called Shanks, actually. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah, of course it is. Um, um, yeah, so no, of course not. Are you going to go? I'm going, yeah. Yeah, I'm doing um, I'm doing some stuff with Scott Grinnell, actually, which will be a bit of a treat. The Paul's called Lottery. That's what he'll be doing. Now we're, now we're, now we're. That's the hammer. That's the yeah. book his brother Craig. You were at Sarah's of Craig, weren't you? Yes big old unit and we played in Japan and we went yeah. on tour to Japan pre-season with yep. Saris and um, we played against somebody somebody's but Jamie Joseph the old all black back row was playing for them the guy who stamped on Kieran Bracken in 93 he was playing for them do you remember and Craig Quinnell was on the bench and we weren't actually playing that well we were kind of like it was like 12 all or something against this uh, pretty rubbish Japanese team might have been Santori or something like that so was no, it? No, it wasn't them it wasn't them it wasn't, okay. they weren't as good as them but um yeah, Craig Quinnell came on, got the ball off back of a line-out and ran towards Jamie Joseph and handed him off with a right jab in the face and then another one, a two just straight punches when he when he had the ball running and it was all, all kicked off and the referee came in and he said, that's the hammer, that's the hammer, boys. And we're looking at him like, bro, it's pre-season. Do, I, so I played with him here at Cardiff Blues for a few seasons and... 
whenever we used to run up the tunnel, we used to have a large sip of water, and when we run out, he'd just blow it as hard as he can in the air. Yeah. It's a, ah, oh, it'd be really annoying. He went, he went. Like he was a fire breather or something like that. It'd just go all in your face and think, oh. But then, do you remember when we played at King's Zone once and he ran all the way across the pitch and spat it up in the air and like over the shed? <laughs> it's like, what are you doing, bud? Just winding them up. Like, yeah, he was he was an exotic fruit, but I liked him. He, he, had, was. he had a Porsche 911. Mm. And he's 6'7 and huge. But it's plenty of room in a Porsche, it turns out. Yeah, there's plenty of room, mate. Nice. So, Flatty. Flatto. Flatters. Yo. Flatboy. Flatboy Slim. I'm actually, I'm practically lying down doing this podcast. Yeah, now. you are. I've reclined, I've got feet up. I hope the sound's all right, but I'm I'm just quite tired and I'm not pretending I'm not. Before we move on yeah. to our questions yeah. from listeners, let's just make some predictions yeah. for this weekend. So, first up, we've got Italy Island out in Rome. Ireland? Yeah. Comfortable like? Yeah. 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 Easy as that. You I think? agree. All yeah. Right. There'll be a massive reaction from losing to Scotland. Yeah. Massively up for it. Ireland with a bonus point win, I'm going. Yeah, same okay. Z's. Okay, following that, yeah. 4.50 next Saturday, Wales v England. The locker room is full, mate. The Molson Coors locker room at the Marriott Hotel in Cardiff. My gig. That's full. your hospitality, is it? You can't get in. Do you reckon I'd get For in? For love, I... no money. Do you reckon if I if I turned up, do you reckon I'd get in? Well, you, you can buy yourself in, yeah, no problem. Right, um, you can get in, that's what I'm saying. Uh, I would let you in. Okay, thank you, right, okay. But you, you have to do something, you have to sing or dance or... Yeah. Oh, we've got the scrummaging machine there, the beast we've got. So oh, yeah, I might want that. you to hit that yeah. a couple of times, yeah, try okay. and beat my score. Yeah. Um, okay, so who are you going with? Um, I'm going to say... Now it's, now it's going to be a little bit tougher than I think you yeah, assumed, yeah. especially after the weekend's action... I agree, hundred uh, percent. It's going to be tougher. I, I say England, okay, with a very narrow, hard-fought victory with very few tries. I'd say before the start of the tournament, I would have gone with that. But after seeing England at the weekend and seeing and they are beatable, we know that France didn't shot. play that well. But cheap shot. I'm going to go Wales, mate. Going Wales, you mate. Oh, what a surprise! Yeah. How predictable is that? Right next. Scotland, France, or is it France, Scotland? France, Scotland. France, Scotland. Uh, I say Scotland. I say France. Do you? Yes. All right, well, let's have a tenner on it. Okay. Ten quid. Okay. Actually, no, no spreads, just win or lose. And if it's a draw, nothing. Okay, fine. No, it... if it's a draw, we both give each other a tenner. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Yeah, all right. Okay. So, question time. All Boy. right, you go first. Oh, all right, no pressure. Shall I go first? Yeah, if you've got one. I know, I'll go first. Got one from Chin Bob on Twitter. Yeah. Why does Tio not get talked about more? So I'm assuming he means Ben Tio. Yeah, well, probably half because he, he plays for Worcester, so week in, week out, he's in a team that's struggling a bit. So he doesn't get on the TV as much as the top sides and doesn't. he wouldn't make as many, I guess, wouldn't be on the front foot as often as most the, most of the other top guys because um, of the club he plays for. Okay. Crude about it. That's probably why. Should I have my 50 pence worth? Yeah. 20 pence worth, maybe. At the moment, the style England play, does he fit into that 10, 12, 13 mould of... Mm. You've got Ford at 10, who runs the game. You've got Farrell at 12, who also runs the game, but gives you a different option. Yeah. And then you've got a 13 who can create as well. Yeah. So you've got three creators there. Yeah. Where do you fit Ben Teo into that? Who do you drop for him? Yeah. Do you drop Jonathan Joseph? He's the perfect bench guy at the moment, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he is. He's the new Manu. He's, yeah, he's someone that can come on the field if it's tight. Mm. You know, if, if the weather's poor, if it's not going your way, just someone to get over that mm. gain line. But in terms of England's attacking shape, there's not much room for him at the moment, mm. in my opinion. OK, I've got one on email from Gareth Thomas. The Gareth Thomas? The one on jump at the moment? No, not him. Oh. Um... It's about in-game rituals. Gareth Thomas is actually really good at skiing. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> Explain it to our listeners, please. No, you, like, the Jump is a TV show yeah. on Channel 4 at the moment and you have to be able to ski oh, on there. He's a skier, is he? Yeah. Okay, yeah. That's All what right. I'm saying. This is a question from Gareth Thomas, not the Gareth Thomas. Okay. Um, base in short, he's talking about Owen Farrell, you know, having the funny ritual before and after he kicks yep. goals and Dan Bigger and all that. Did you ever have any 
in-game rituals whilst on the field of play? Not really. I went through a stage, I think it was from Soccer AM, where people would score tries and you go out to shake their hand and you just, I just took it away last minute. <laughs> did, did loads of times. And it's really like... That's out of you know, order. Day-to-day business, you know, when you're seeing people in the, in the training centres and stuff, they remember, you know, so they're not going to shake your hand. But when you've just scored a try and you're on the field and you just want to celebrate, they, for, they used to forget all the time. Yeah. So I went through a stage of that and it used to be really good. Did a little video montage on it. Mm. All the people just looking at the hand. <laughs> did you? Uh, rituals, I had... I mean, um, like, obviously congratulating people scoring a try for you. Yeah, of course, yeah, ne- yeah never yeah. scoring, yeah. Right. Um, I had a ritual, I always cleared the muds out of my studs before every scrum, which is quite a lot of times during a game, even if it wasn't muddy. Yeah? So on a hard, okay. dry pitch, I'd still clear my studs out. More of a nervous tick than anything. <laughs> um, OK, here's one from Andy Booth on email. All right, boys? All right, Andy. All right, Andy. Um, yada, yada, yada. Since you mentioned how good Alex Ozowski was, it reminded me how gutted I was when he left Wasps. Who was the player you were most upset about leaving when you were playing? It's a good question, actually. It's a really good question. Do you want me to go first? Cause I've Please. Thought, I've thought of one already. Steve Borthwick leaving Bath. Um, I think we might have talked about this before. Yes. Um, he just wasn't dealt with properly at contract time. That, for me, is the biggest mistake Bath rugby has made in the professional era. That's what I'll say about that. Can I say two? Say what you want, mate. Okay. Your podcast. Matt Cobain... You know, the great Aussie yeah. second row, back row, came to Cardiff Blues for five or six games, and he was phenomenal. Mm. He went on to Japan then after, but it was just a short-term contract. Coined it in, in and, Japan. Uh, yeah. And when he left, he played so well. He thought, oh, God, you know, yeah. you want him playing week in, week out. Another one was Nicky Robinson when he left to go to Gloucester. Because he'd signed a contract with Gloucester, and all of a sudden then, because he'd signed a contract... You know, the pressure's off. And he's just started playing brilliantly. Yeah. And he left a real big gap at number 10. Mm. He signed a guy called Sam Norton Knight. Yeah. From Australia. Yeah. And he came in and had big boots to fill anyway and wasn't really up to it. Didn't do the job. No. That's trying to be as polite as I can there. Yeah, he was shy, but we've all been well, shy before, so... That was his nickname, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Not to his face. No, God, no, just behind his back. I hope yeah. you listen to podcasts. Um, nice guy, though. Loved him. Well, so what? Um, message from... A question from Nick okay. on email. If a player is not selected in the matchday squad, is it expected that they attend the game to support the team? I always see squad members in the stands watching, but wonder if they are told they have to be there either by coaches or by player agreement. Yes, they are. Corporately, uh, corporately, commercially, they have to attend. Yeah. So they have to do a lot of off-field duties, such as box visits and stuff, which, which they do get paid for. Mm. Um, if they're not needed for that, for any commercial activity, then they don't have to stay and watch the game. Mm. But, you know, it's, people have to be entertaining boxes, sponsors. You know, they'll want someone to talk to. They'll want some sort of insight yeah. into the training camp. I think it's pretty reasonable to say, to suggest that most of those players don't want to be there, isn't it? No, you wouldn't want to. If you're not picked... It's not reasonable, or it is reasonable to suggest that. I would say most players wouldn't want to be there if they're not yeah. selected yeah, yeah, in yeah. the 23. Yeah. You obviously have to have a 24th and 25th man, just in case someone goes down in the warm-up. Stuntcocks. <laughs> Can you say yeah. that? No, you can't say no. that. Okay, um, but yeah, no, they, they have to. But, be there. but if, you, if you're earning money at the game, then everyone's happy. Pay to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you got any more for us? Yeah, I've got a load over here. You no, know, I got one here from Stuart H. S on Twitter. Can you explain why Wood got penalised for the ball coming out of the ruck and not Hughes? Yes, I can. Go for it. I thought it was a wrong. I thought it was a wrong call. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't the wrong call. No, it's the right call. Even though the ball was ball come, out. Ball comes out the back, rolls out the back of a ruck. Yes. The opposition players are not allowed to dive on it. Even if it's out of the ruck? Even if it's out of the ruck, they are not allowed to dive on it. Really? Really. Okay. Do you know when I learnt that? At the game at the weekend? During the game at okay. the weekend, where Lowell was like, what? He went on Google on his iPhone during the game and showed me. He's like, look at that. He said, you know what? So we work pretty hard on knowing the laws and keeping up with all the law changes, and I'll hold my hands up and say, I did not know you could not dive on the ball. Okay. It was the right decision. Okay, there we are, cleared that Interesting. up. Interesting. Lots of laws in Rugger, lots um, of laws. Tom Horton on Twitter. Yeah. 
He first off says, Rickshaw was his favourite comment. Oh. So well done, Dave. Thanks, mate. On that topic, funniest chat insult thrown by either of you or heard on the pitch? I, I, remember, I remember playing against Bristol and um, Mark Regan was at hooker for Bristol. Darren Crompton was at tighthead and we had Bell, Duncan Bell at tighthead. And there's a bit of a, there's an injury, but there's a bit of an argument going on after a scrum. And Mark Regan just said, Belly said, shut up, Ronnie, you're all talk or something. And Ronnie Regan, and Ronnie said, because you shut up, we'll see you, fat bastard. And then Steve Borthwick, who didn't really do that sort of stuff, he came in and he just pointed at Darren Crompton and Belly, pointed at Belly. And he said, I'd rather have that fat bastard. And pointed at Darren Crompton and said, than that fat bastard. Darren Crompton said, buddy, oh, mate, what have I done? <laughs> I remember I was playing tight head once against Bristol and Dave Barnes was playing loose head. It might have been the same game, I don't know. No, different game. And we, uh, we put a big scrum on them and I wasn't a great tight head, but we managed to get a shove on and Barnsley popped up Darren Crompton and we got a penalty and whatever, it was good. And Darren Crompton stood up and uh, a good chat. You know, he said to Barnsley, you're a one-trick pony, Barnsley. You're a one-trick pony. I mean, walking back, Barnsley was like, one-trick pony? What's my trick then? I said, I don't know, mate. I've been playing with you 10 years. I don't you got a trick. I literally don't think you got one. Um, remember John Dawson our mate John Dawson tight yeah. prop for Quinns uh, we were playing against Quinns and um, Martin Wood used to do this thing at Scrum Half which was shocking now, you wouldn't get away with it now but he'd walk up before the Scrum engaged put it just, straight he'd, no, he'd, no, <laughs> no god no before, he, before the Scrum engaged the front rows would bend down and Woody would just reach under the tight head, the opposition tight, and pull his jersey up so he could see his gut. Yeah. He'd literally pull it up. Oh. So look at the state of you, you fat bastard. Mate, there's some terror, terrible, terrible, mate. terrible. Yeah, Antonio of played props. for France at the weekend. Terrible. Oh. So it's just what you don't want, and props hate it, so they're like, oh, stop, stop, stop. So he did it to John Dawson. He said, look at this state of you, you fat bastard, before a scrum. And, um, and John, John Dawson's lovely bloke. He's like, piss off, Woody, piss off. And they're kind of mates, they know each other. And he said, Woody just said to him, last time I saw you, you fat mess, you're coming out of Village Pizza in Twickenham. And then Tony Diprose is at the back of the Queen's Scrum. He said, the only reason you saw him walking out is because you were walking in, son. <laughs> it's just like, this is good chat. This is nice. <laughs> I'm trying good to think giggling. if there's anything. There's more chat that goes on, I think, in Scrum time and, and, uh, and around the sort of ruck area, mall area, and then it does in the back. So I remember, I feel really bad saying this. I just do it. It was we were playing Munster here at the Arms Park, and I can't I don't even know the player, but he was chirping up at, at Nugget and Mark Williams about something, and I remember just walking over and saying, "Mate, you're just an average club player. What are you on about?" And I felt really, <laughs> I felt really bad because he just he didn't know what to say. Yeah, um, I remember saying to Jamie Ringer, Jamie Ringer back row for Newport Gwent Dragons. Yeah, and often you, you know when. You get someone man and ball, you can sort of nail them. And I remember um, the ball coming out, it was a really slow ball to him. He got the ball, I took him down straight away. I remember getting up after and saying, mate, have you lost a bit of weight? I said, you might want to run a little bit harder into me next time, right? And I could just see him turning then. He just chased me then for the whole game, trying to get yeah. me. It's stuff like that, don't they? It's yeah. like a macho thing. Yeah, that he, was, it, yeah. he was a much better, he was much bigger than me, but when you get someone man and ball, yeah. what can you do? I remember, I remember coming off, came off the bench against Bristol at Loosehead, and you know I was fresh and motivated, didn't like being on the bench. And I came on and like steamed into my first scrum, and we got them moving backwards, and we had a really strong scrum, just that one, you know, but it was a really strong scrum. And Mark Regan just saying, "Oh, easy, no flappings on, boys. Easy, no happy <laughs> days, happy days. Armchair, armchair." And he's like going backwards. I'm shoving this guy's head up his ass, and you know, because I was turbocharged, and he was knackered. Yeah, is the, is the real reason. Happy days, Flatman's on, and like the next three scrums were binding up and about to go in. He's like, easy now, boys, armchair, Flatman's on, armchair, armchair. He kept saying the same thing. I was doing really, it made me crazy. And after the game, I thought, you've got to learn to control that. And me, you know, not him, it properly got under my skin, but it made me scrummage better. That's the point. One of the, one of the worst things I've done is when, the, when sometimes as a back, right, you're in a position where you're covering 15 or something like that. Yeah. And so I, I think it was against Connor. They put a big up and under up, and it was one of those up and unders where you have to run at full pace to try and catch it. And I didn't quite catch it on the shoulder. I was having to catch it as the ball was coming down. I was trying to run onto it, mm. and I catch. Well, I don't catch it. I fumble it, knock it on. It's a little bit embarrassing. But then I take a knee and pretend I've hurt my hamstring. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
the physio comes on and he so that's my hamstring. I'm like winging at him, saying, I'm all right, I'm all right. And uh, yeah, I just have to like keep stretching it for ages. <laughs> Fakesies. <laughs> yeah, I was just faking it because I was just a little bit embarrassed. I remember once um, playing for Sarries uh, at Watford and I got the ball. There was I was like in the 13 channel on the right of the field near the main stand and I got the ball and I knew it was a three on two. So I thought I'll draw the sort of penultimate defender and I'll get the ball away and I'll do something cool like I see the kind of Maori guys do. Yeah. And I don't quite know what happened, but I tried something like a stop-and-go goose step with a little offload at the end, and I basically stumbled <laughs> forward and threw the ball directly into touch, and I got penalised for throwing the ball directly into touch. Like it was, There was no reason for me to do it. And I remember the, <laughs> the referee laughing, whoever the referee was, and Kev Sorrell yeah. absolutely pissing himself on the field with me, and he had his hands on his... like grabbing onto the ends of his shorts, bending down like hands on his knees. And he was in absolute hysterics at watching me having done that. And he was like, after the game, he was still wheezing. He's like, I cannot wait. Here's a question, mate. Um, See that Wales, Wales didn't get the bonus point win against Italy. How important do you think that will be come the end of the tournament? Because it's all done, obviously, on points and where you finish. And as where you finish often reflects the win bonus you get. Yeah, I mean, the truth is we don't know, do we? But I, I, I suspect... I, you know, I genuinely, I, I give Wales a bit of grief just because to, to wind you up and the listen and stuff. But I, I banter aside, I think Wales will lose a couple of games in this Six Nations, and I don't think it will matter that much. If, if you want the truth, if you want yeah. the truth. Um, I got a question here on email from Dom Rush. Um, we somehow managed to luck out. Uh, flew home on, flew home from holiday in Portugal with the England team last week at the end of their training camp. My wife and her wandering eyes could barely hold it together, and she's Scottish. The question is, they all seem to get on... Hang on. They all seem to get on really well. The England side all got on really well. Have there ever been teammates that you've just had no time for? You don't need, don't need names, but it just seems that everyone gets on famously and there must be the odd total plonker. Um, it's funny, because the, guy, the guys, like, you know, like in any line of work, there are guys who are less popular than others... But even the ones you would say, and we're not going to start slagging people off on here because it's kind of cheap shot when they're not here to defend themselves, but even the guys who some people would say are a bit of a knob, generally their teammates really like them. If they put themselves on the line for the team, you can kind of forgive someone, I think, almost anything in that environment, can't you? Yeah, you can. And also you've got a lot in common with all rugby players, really, haven't you? Mm. Rugby being the main thing. You're, so, you're, you're going in the same direction every day, aren't you? So those that you possibly don't want to sit with and have dinner and have a laugh with, you know, you can still chat to you. You just have to find a common ground. And, you know, I, there's not really many I can think of, if any, that mm. I wouldn't want to sit with. Possibly the coaches, because, you know, if, you, if, you're, if you're caught chatting to a coach, you're just a kiss-ass. Coaches are nauseous anyway. Yeah. Hey, I saw something in the... I saw something like an interview of uh, Rob Evans, the Welsh Lucid, saying stuff about Gethin Jenkins, like I'm a better scrummer than him, I'm more powerful than him, yeah. I'm better ball carrier, and he's just always basically kissing the coach's asses. It was in the Telegraph. Yeah, what's he playing at? Well, I wouldn't be too happy if I was Gethin Jenkins no. listening to that, being the, the world record prop cap holder and record cap holder for Wales. Welsh icon. Yeah. Great um, guy. Oh, what, what's you he don't, doing? You don't, know anyway, you don't know whether that's tongue in cheek or not, but I surely hope it is. Well, why, don't, don't say it anyway. Just don't say it. I mean, yeah. I do like what I do like is like you speak. We spoke about Billy, Billy Vinopona last week, and we, the the Land Rover videos out, and it's hopefully good fun. It's really that. good, mate. It's really good. He's brilliant. And what I like about him is you speak to guys inside at Saris, and they don't do the media prep. Billy, it's media session say this, say this, don't say mm. this, don't say this. They just absolutely trust the guys to be themselves. And do you know what? If they actually love the environment and they really feel really positive about everything, there's nothing to worry about. There's nothing to hide. So I love all that. And I don't subscribe. I think people should say, they should be honest, but I think there is actually a level where you can make yourself, if, that, if it was tongue-in-cheek, then fine. If it wasn't, I think you make yourself look a bit classless putting the knife into a teammate like that. Agree, mate. Um, we've got a question here. I've just seen it on Twitter, Fancy Rugby UK, says, should referees have to learn French and Italian to a basic level? Yes. It Absolutely. Must, yes. Yeah, it must it be tough yeah. to have a translator, you know, 
say Paris, they have to translate everything all the time. Yeah. Imagine you're, you know, you're one of the French front row or front five, and he's saying the referee saying, "Boy, stop pushing early. Keep it up. Stop pushing early. Get on the mark. Don't get." Like, I wouldn't understand that. I speak a bit of French, but I wouldn't understand all that. I, I really think they should. Yeah. Okay. Just key, just key words, key calls. I absolutely think they should. Last question now. This is from Hugh Lewis on Twitter. Who? You heard. Who? 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 Lewis. Got it. Player of the weekend. Pick him up by a mile. No. Short hog. By <laughs> a mile. Hog. Hog. Followed by pick him up. Followed by pick him up. Yeah. Okay. Great. They're they are they're potentially world fifteen players. Those two at the moment. Oh, I suppose you've got Ben Smith. Pretty good, isn't he? Both anyway. lions. All three of them are lions. Yeah. Yeah, God, yeah. Ben yeah. Smith, I can't wait. He should be captain of the Lions, tight head prop, yeah? So, Flats, that's it. A little bit longer than yeah. usual, but a lot to talk about with the Six Nations. But we, when we first started talking about doing a podcast, remember, we said... Um, Ten what, minutes. Yeah, <laughs> in and out. No. Intro and gone. 30 to 40 minutes. And possible, poor new, isn't it? It's, it's too difficult, mate. Yeah. You can't get all that chatting. All the stories, all the backstories, all the back back stories, and the back 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 stories. Yeah, the serious, like the serious, yeah, and, and the serious chat which we had. Today. And it's crap like this where you ramble on that takes up loads of extra time mm. of people's lives. Yeah, sorry people. Um, see you next week. We're hoping to have Stephen Jones, uh, number one rugby correspondent in the Times, uh, on for a chat next week. He's a he's a great man and he's good values and he says he says what he wants, which I like. He's got a proper opinion. Oh, yeah. He does not sit on the fence, that one, does he? No, he's not mucking about. No, he knocks the fence down. Yeah. Uh, good luck at the weekend, Tommy. Thank you. Not to you. Oh, you. Uh, See you next week, guys. Bye. ta Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.